Welcome to season four of the Navit podcast, all about money stories. We all have a unique relationship with money and an equally unique story about how that relationship made us who we are today. This season, we will be asking navigators in our community to share their tales. We hope these stories will help us all learn more about our common human experience and dig deeper into our own financial journeys. Feel free to join the conversation. If you have specific financial questions you would like people to answer, call us and leave a voicemail at 206-405-0182. We will read your questions and have them answered on this season of the podcast. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Allie Hall is the sidekick every hero needs, helping nurses around the country get debt free. Allie's eight-week program that she used to pay off 46 k in debt in a year has people on the gram singing her praises and smiling from ear to ear. It's all about mindset and commitment, and Navit digs it because we live it. <laughs> Welcome, Allison, to the show, here to tell us all we need to know. Today, we are so excited to welcome back to the Money Stories podcast, a wonderful new friend of ours, Allie Hall of Debt-Free Nurse. Allie, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you. I'm happy to be here. We are so happy to have you. You have such an incredible money journey, and it's played out in multiple ways. Like You have it as a business. You have it as a personal relationship. You have it from your childhood. You have adult uh, money stories. We're really excited to launch in. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey, and then we'll start asking you questions? Yeah. Um, so my name is Allie. I am 33 years old. I am originally from California. I lived there for 26 years. I attended San Diego State University um, and then went through a pretty tough breakup after nursing school. Um, I originally never wanted to be a nurse, and my mom was a nurse, which plays into my money story. She worked a whole bunch, um, always worked extras, uh, worked overnight so that she didn't have to miss any events for us because I also came from a divorced home. Um, oh, wow. And so uh, went to nursing school, applied to pretty much every hospital um, that had a new grad program, got into Duke's uh, new grad program, and moved to North nice. Carolina in 2015 i had never been to north carolina i had never been to the east coast other than like florida and georgia um had no idea what i was getting myself into and um i have been here ever since which is hilarious um (laughs) yeah so live in north carolina currently um and i am going to start travel nursing which is a huge um thing i've always wanted to do um but i'm recently divorced and i figured it was now is the best time to do it because um, I feel like I got a second chance at living my life the way that I wanted to live it. So yeah, that's a little, a little bit about me. I started my business, how long ago? I think in 2018, but got into personal finance in like 2016, 2017 um, mm-hmm. and started taking clients just kind of fell in my lap. Like I was never interested in personal finance. I was like the worst person ever with money. Um, I <laughs> would call myself a shopaholic all the time. I like to call myself an ex-shopaholic. Um, but I pretty much that's did nice. everything you were supposed to do wrong. And then uh, that's kind of how I created my program was uh, what I would not have done at the beginning and what I started doing and act- to actually live a sustainable um like have sustainable like money goals and like create a budget that's sustainable and um more of like a lifestyle. So that's a little bit about me. 
It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's that is that is intense. I mean, there's there's clearly so much that you you've been through, so much growth that you've had. Um, I I gotta ask, like as as a starting point, you know, you you work in finances now, but like, where did it start? Like, what what would you say was your first money memory as a child? You know, your your mom's working as a nurse, and and all of this is going on. Like, what what is the first thing that pops in your head? So I vividly remember when I was a kid because I would always ask inappropriate questions. I was the kid. I got kicked out of preschool. <laughs> yes. Because I wouldn't take a nap. My parents put me in swimming because I wouldn't shut up. Um, and I just, I would just talk to everyone. And so I think it's really I funny it. that I, that I grew up being told that I needed to shut up and stop talking. And um, then I went the opposite direction. So I was just going to, and now you made a career out of it. So screw all them. I was yes. going to say, we're asking you to talk now. Like, yes. <laughs> so I, I went the opposite direction, which is interesting and like got very shy. And it wasn't until I got separated that I've kind of found myself again and, and through my business and through Instagram and talking to people that I've really found myself and kind of like tapped into that child that I was before. So I remember vividly like asking my dad um, how much money he made. And he was like, you don't ask people that. Like, why, why would you ask someone that? Um, it's rude. And so, I mean, as women, we're also taught that too. Exactly. My son asked me that. And I, and I, for me personally, I was like, okay, don't ask other people. Right. But right. Let's but you have, can ask me. But yeah, we should have that conversation. Like, let's talk about money. That's so interesting. Yeah. He shut you down. So growing up, it was just like not polite to talk about money. And so I think as women too, we're told, you know, not to, not to talk about money. And I think me being in a predominantly women, women led field, um, cause most, most nurses are women. It's a very women oriented field. Um, right. I think it kind of gets us in trouble because we don't talk about money. We don't talk about what the person next to us is making. And so I think that's one of the things that I've been a big advocate for is to start talking about money. Um, and I think it's one of the things that led to, uh, my separation and, and to my divorce was that I wanted to talk about money and I think we were pretty good at it, but we were, we also had different goals. So I think just that huge lesson as a kid, um, to not talk about money kind of made me feel uncomfortable, like as a young adult. And so I didn't ask things like my first job coming out of nursing school was $20 an hour. Like I didn't ask what other people were being paid. I didn't negotiate. I didn't, I just took it because I thought that's what, you know, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky to have this nursing job. Um, so I definitely think that that's kind of changed and that's, that was probably one of my first money memories. And I don't even think it was that, that young. I think it was like, maybe I was like nine or 10. Um, so honestly, I'm, I'm glad that you made that point about like talking to coworkers about money and like, you know, Hey, what are you getting? Like, I, I was taught the same thing. Like you never ask someone what they're getting paid, especially at work, but that's the game. That's how the bosses make sure that, you know, you're separated, that they can keep their costs down because, you know, it could be a $10,000 difference between you and the guy standing next to you, but you don't know because you've been mm-hmm. trained not to ask. And it's it's such an important thing. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Well, and I think, too, um, that kind of led into when I moved back up here, I asked what 
whatever, what every hospital paid. Um, I asked a lot of my friends. And mm -hmm. so I picked my hospital based off of that. In addition to like, what was the best for like work culture. Um, but I also knew I wanted to, I knew the hospital paid extra money for, um, shifts that you picked up. So I knew it wasn't lucrative to go full time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's one thing I've also talked a lot about too, is trying to find, and this also like led into my being able to pay more money off is I found ways to be smarter instead of like working more overtime, mm -hmm. which was one of the lessons I learned when I first started nursing was I was just mm. working a lot of overtime and it wasn't for any extra benefit. So just trying to find mm, like work yeah. smarter, not harder. Um, when you're talking about, um, really hammering down on your goals, so I'm wondering, Ali, so in, when you say, so your dad didn't want to talk about it, but you also said your mom was a big influence for you as a kid, just watching her work so hard. Could you talk a little bit about that? What you saw as a feminine narrative? Yeah. So I think, um, a couple things came from, um, and actually I got, I wrote out my money story and I got put in a book, which was really cool. Um, it was a girl awesome. I met through, uh, I went to an event or something and she was like, oh, I'm looking for money stories. And that's kind of like where I first sat down and wrote out all my stuff. Um, but my mom, um, growing up, I was raised by a single mom. Um, we were afforded every single opportunity that we could ever want. Um, I wanted to go to private school because I really wasn't, I didn't fit into the high school that I went to my freshman year. I was not thriving in that environment. And so I went and did an interview at like one of the most well-known private schools, um, in Southern California. And, um, I got a scholarship to go there, which is really cool, but my mom paid and it was still expensive. And so that's just one, one big thing that my mom did that I know that she had to work very hard for. And nurses made pretty good money. And once my parents got divorced, she had to go back to being a nurse because she took some time off. Um, but she always worked extra. I remember for quite a while, she was working six days a week. And as a nurse, like I can't imagine working more than three, let alone her working six. So I think that tied into my money story of like money is hard to make. Um, you have to work hard for your money. And so that's one of the things that like I've tried to break free from in the last couple of years is that money is easy to make. It comes very easily. I also carry a gold million dollar bill in my wallet to remind me of that. Um, I got it from a local crystal store and it's actually like something that I think is really cool. And I give it to a lot of my mentees as well. Anyone who does mentorship with me, I do like, I think theirs is a hundred dollar bill, but I found a million dollar bill and I thought that was really cool. Um, but yes, uh, money is hard to make is a lot of people's story too. Um, and so I think that kind of helped me break free from that mindset. Um, once I started to believe that like money is easy to make. So I started to look for things, you know, that may uh, align with that story too. So. Yeah. And I'm interested in what you saw her trajectory to be like after you guys got out of college, did you see her continue to have to work hard? Did she get a good retirement? Like how? So actually, she, because I started to challenge a lot of things and she joined, um, she started, she became a financial advisor too, um, around the same oh, wow. time wow. when I started my stuff, which they were completely separate, completely different. I actually bring her on, um, for like the retirement portion of my program. Cause I don't like to speak about that stuff. Cause it's not really what I do. Um, but 
her money story was definitely very similar to like what mine was growing up. Um, and so just some of the stuff that I've kind of taught her and she's taught me has been really cool in the last couple of years. And we've both grown a whole lot. Um, but she actually retired from nursing last year. Um, and she was very excited to be able to do that. Um, and she is now making more money than I think she she has ever made in nursing. And um, mm. it's just really cool because I was having a period of being down for quite a while. Like, I think it was a couple months ago and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And um, it's funny, she was saying the same stuff that I was telling her. So it's like, it's funny how it kind of flip flops <laughs> sometimes, especially when, you, when you're going through a tough spot, so. Wow. Yeah, I, that's that's yeah. interesting that you, you would both take that same turn and like like you said it was like it was completely separate it wasn't something like you know was planned or anything like that it's it's interesting to see that you both had the same mindset to like there's more out there Mm -hmm. and i can get it and i deserve it and that's like i'm i'm glad that you guys were able to find that um i am interested though like you know you you said that you saw your mom, uh, you know, she did nursing and stuff like that. Was that anything that was, was that like stress to you at all? Was it just like, Hey, you need to go to school and, you know, find a career like me and, you know, like, or did you just kind of do it on your own? How, how did that turn out? So I actually got a scholarship to swim in college. So most of my school was paid for, but she still did give us a little bit of money. And I ended up with a good amount of student loan debt for my nursing degree and from Mm. college. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't think it was, it was more of a, like, I can't afford to pay for your college. So you need to figure out a way to pay for it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I I think it was more of that. And then I think I felt obligated to pick a career the first time I went to college. And I kind of felt like I wasted that because obviously I went mm. back to school. So I have two bachelor's degrees. Um, the first one was in exercise science, uh, pre-physical therapy. Um, and I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist, but that also kind of led into my, like I was told I was not very smart from a very young age. Um, wow. I'm not really I'm sure sorry. why it wasn't my parents. It was teachers. Um, So I never got scholarships to like the best school in Southern California and to Duke. Are you kidding? Well, I didn't get a scholarship to Duke, but that's, um, I got into their new grad nurse residency program. So I got, well, either way you got in, like, I mean, who are these people telling you these things? (laughs) (laughs) Like Aaron's about to go talk to them. No, I'm not like, yeah, like have a serious conversation. (laughs) So what's funny is as a kid, I always wanted to be a pediatrician. And so um, even like as a kid, I would tell my pediatrician, he would be like, oh, do you want to be a, a nurse like your mom? And I was like, no, I want to be a doctor. And so um, mm. I had said that for so long. And then when I was in college, I was just like, I'm not smart enough. Like, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually very glad I didn't go to school and, and I uh, to be a doctor and I do like being a nurse. Um, but I think I sold myself short in many ways um, mm. because I th- because of that story. And so that's, I think, why I'm so interested in not just money stories, but every type of story that you tell yourself because I think it, it they play so many roles in your life. And a lot of the stories that you're telling yourself now as an adult are not even the stories that may align with, with what you believe now. So that's, I think that's why yeah. I started talking about that a couple of years ago. And I think that personal finance, they weren't – now a, a lot of people are starting to talk about it. But I just think it was something that was really missing in personal finance. And I think it was what tied everything together for me. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's, so I didn't really feel pressure to like be a nurse. My mom actually told me mm. to not be a nurse. <laughs> she was like, oh, wow. she was like, I don't think you should be a nurse. You know, it's not really that great. And then, um, I, some reason I, I was like, oh, maybe I want to be a nurse. Um, and so my mom's like, okay, get your CNA. So that's like your nursing assistant, mm. like certificate. Yeah. And I got it. And I actually did, um, my, so you do your like clinical hours somewhere and I did it right. in a long-term care facility for kids and I loved it. I thought it was great. Like I love with working with kids. That's probably all I'll ever do from now on. Um, nice. but I listened to a lot of people through my nursing beginning of my nursing journey that like I needed to do this and I needed to do this. And I kind of got stuck in adults mm-hmm. for the first five years and I hated it. Um, and now I work with kids. And so I'm kind of learning how to trust my own intuition now, um, which also goes along with like a lot of the stories that I don't tell myself anymore and the new stories that I've created. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. to answer your question, that was a very long winded answer to it, but I didn't really feel pressured. <laughs> it was just, I think I put pressure on myself and then I felt more pressure to like get college paid for. But then also when I was in college, I was very bad with money, even though I had jobs. Um, so mm-hmm. I swam in college. Plus I had a job as a lifeguard and I taught swimming lessons, but I had no money to show for it during it. So it just, I just yeah. spent all my money. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I'm again, you know, you, you make a lot of good points as, as you explain these things. Like you never know when you're talking to somebody what the influence is going to be, how that's going to stick with them, how that's going to influence them. Like, you know, it, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but like, you know, you need to be kind to people, you know, Mm -hmm. they, people really made you think that you couldn't accomplish X, Y, Z just for some random thing that they said. And they probably never thought of ever again, but it really shaped your perspective on yourself. And, you know, I'm so glad to see that clearly you've gotten through it and, you know, you are successful and and living your best life and, you know, constantly growing and improving. And that's so dope. And, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, forget the struggles that they went through and to see that you are putting in the efforts to help so many other people reach their goals and be their best selves like we we need more of that. We need more people that don't forget what they've been through and turn around and help people be the person that you wish you had. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's so dope to see that you really do that. So thank you for the efforts that you put in. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna go to a quick break. Thanks for listening to the Navit Podcast. Be sure to visit navitmoney.com slash podcasts. To join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover other incredible money stories. So, Allie, I'd love to switch. So, it sounds like in college, you said you did all the wrong. I'm putting in air quotes. You did all the wrong things, uh, but but then, how did you kind of get to a point where you you realized, oh wait, I need to pay attention to finances. I'm a nurse. I'm making money now. You know what's what what kind of was the trigger to set you on this Ooh. financial health journey? So I, when I moved to North Carolina, I um, was told by my mom to start saving money. I did not do that. Um, I moved to North Carolina with a car that was about ready to break down um, and no money in savings. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be making all this money. It'll be fine. Whatever. Um, Didn't listen to anyone and moved, rented an apartment that was way too expensive um, and then I had to pick and choose which bills I was going to pay because I couldn't afford all of my bills. Um, 
I remember calling home and being like, uh, I can't afford this bill this month. Like, can you guys help me? Um, and so then I was picking up. So Duke had this thing where you would, um, work four shifts a week instead of your three. So you'd work four every week. And it was, so as a nurse, you usually work three shifts a week. So it was just a bump up, um, to work an extra shift a week. And so I, um, changed my role to that. And so, and that was as a new grad nurse too, like six months in. And so I was making more money, which was nice, but I still was like barely making ends meet. Um, and so I continued to have to do that. And then I remember one day going to the gas station on the way to work and it was the day before payday. I had no money in my bank account. I think I had like 50 cents. Um, and all of my credit cards were maxed out. And I was like, I have no idea how I'm gonna pay for gas right now. So you know how you swipe your card and you press credit? I did that. Uh, Felt terrible about myself. And um, I was like, I need to go home and make a budget. Um, I read Ramit's book um, that my mom had given me months before. Um, So I finally sat down and read that book. I kind of got really into the debt-free community, um, which I do not exactly align with now. but it was very helpful at the time. Um, kind of followed like the Dave Ramsey type method um, of going really hard, working a ton of extras, like, you know, cutting everything out. But honestly, I never cut out. Like I am very into health and fitness. And so I always, I still paid for my gym membership. That's one thing I never cut. And um, Mm -hmm. I would shop at the farmer's market. I would still eat super healthy, but my budget was like $50 a week or something. Um, I just wasn't really eating out. Um, And so I paid off all that credit card debt pretty quickly. Um, And then from there, I'm like, I don't really want to do it this way anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And so around that time I had met my ex, Um, I moved in with him. So like I cut a little bit of costs and then um, I was like, I don't want to work extras anymore. So I kind of reprioritized where my money was going. And I was like, I really want to pay off my student loans. So I found other ways to do it. So I started working weekends, which paid extra, and I would pick up a Wednesday. So I wasn't technically working overtime. I was still working the three shifts a week, but my only required shifts were like every weekend. But I was making extras on the weekend. And then the weekdays that I picked up, I would only pick up the $200 bonus shifts. So I would pick up the extra. So I strategically did it from there because I I had done a lot of money mindset work around that time. I started um, really thinking about how I wanted to feel with my money and how I wanted to like actually um, get what I was like get my worth in my, for putting my time in. Um, I also found a job doing respite care, which is kind of like babysitting, and I would do it two days a week or one day a week, and it was an extra like thousand dollars a month or something. It was very, very easy, very stress-free. And I threw all of that money to debt. So that's kind of how I was able to pay off my debt while saving at the same time. But I was, I never sacrificed the things that I actually enjoyed doing, which is kind of why that's my slogan and my tagline, because I still always paid for my gym. I always ate healthy food. I still did things with my friends. I still traveled. I like to shop. I still shop, but it was in moderation. And I kind of mm. learned um, mm-hmm. how to deal with like my spending triggers and all of that. Um, so I did a lot of work on all of that, which kind of led to everything else. But that's kind of how it started. I did all of the things wrong and then finally was like, oh, I need to find a different way to do this because this is unsustainable. Nice. You say money mindset work and triggers and I'm like, yes, like, you know, because that <laughs> like, makes me so happy. Because that's like, you know, that's what we do at yes. Navit. We have people like 
identify their stress levels, why they're mm-hmm. stressed, how do they yep. feel about each purchase, which is gets them really into this like kind of mental accounting and healthy place of what are my triggers? What things do I think, you know, deplete me or, or serve me? And so it is so amazing. How did you know to do that? Was that just kind of your own trajectory? Yes, because so I mean, and I put this in my program like three years ago. So I I was like, I have this sheet that I have my mentees fill out and it's a spending tracker. But on the tracker, you write what you spent and how you felt when you spent the money Mm. and like what caused you to spend the money. So like, did you go home from like as nurses, a lot of us are bored, especially if you're on night shift. So you're scrolling through your, your emails, you're scrolling through whatever you're shopping, you're looking at Instagram. Um, and then you're like, oh, I'm bored and I'm working an extra or I'm bored and, you know, I need to buy this thing. And so I'm um. um, kind of looking at that. And then like one of the things I would do when I worked night shift, if it was a really bad night shift, would be like I'd drive because I was living an hour away at the time. I would drive through Chick-fil-A in the morning because mm-hmm. I knew what would make me feel better. And so just identifying like what things caused me to spend money. But then also allowing myself to be able to do that sometimes and giving myself the money to be able to do that instead of feeling guilty afterwards um, really kind of helped with that because I was like, okay, I'm going to allow myself to be able to do this instead of being like, oh, I hate myself because I did this. But I think that – so that's one of the things that I really teach is like what is the reason why you're spending money because like one of the things I would do when I first moved to Raleigh was I was bored and I didn't know anyone. And so I lived right next to the mall. So I would go to the mall and I would just shop, spend money because I was bored. So now I don't do that anymore. I don't ever go and spend money when I'm bored. And one, I don't, I love what's in my closet now. I don't buy things that I don't use because I now strategically go and spend my money instead of, you know, going and spending money. So I, what I'm hearing here is like, it's, it's about priorities. You know, it's, it's all about what means the most to you, where are you willing to make your sacrifices and what are your, your, your hard nose, you know, Mm -hmm. like you said, fitness, I'm not giving up my gym membership. It's just not happening. Mm -hmm. So I need to find a way to make this fit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, once you have your goals, I, you know, I listened to you tell the story and it was literally was step by step. I need to handle this debt. Here's my focus. You know, I need to make sure I got money for my gym. Here's my focus. I need to make sure I, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's all about prioritizing. And Mm -hmm. I think part of the problem is unlike what you did, a lot of people just don't have that conversation with themselves. They don't say like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a gamer. My PlayStation (laughs) five is never beyond arm's reach of me. This is my thing. This is what I love. So that needs i need to have money for that i need to have money for my games i need you know so that is i'm accepting that and in order to be able to pay for that okay so maybe i eat out less maybe i you know don't go and buy that extra bottle of liquor maybe i don't go you know whatever your sacrifices have to be for your priorities you have to make those decisions mm-hmm. otherwise you're just sitting around and you're working so hard for this money but like you said, you feel guilty when you spend it. That's never how we should feel. So I, yeah. you know, so many good points that you're making. Like, I I, I hope y'all are listening. I really do. <laughs> She's speaking truth. <laughs> you know, one thing, Ali, I'm wondering, is that why you don't, you say you don't align with the debt-free community anymore? Because they're so rigid and you should cut out everything and there's no balance. Yeah. 
And I know some of them are starting to talk about that now, but before it was very like you follow one method and one method only. And if you don't align with that, and if you're not paying it off at a certain speed or whatever, then you're not as good as someone else. And so I remember just feeling so bad and so guilty about myself because I wasn't paying it off fast enough and everyone else was paying it off faster. And I was like, I don't, I don't want anyone to feel that way. And so I think, um, when I started my own thing, I, I think I was like, I want to fill the void because this is what's lacking here. And I think there's a lot more people now. Um, but when I started talking about it, there really wasn't a lot of people who were talking about all this. Wow. Yeah, I hear you. I think that I, what we try and talk about a lot at Navid is that it's your unique journey, just like, you know, we're health and fitness people, right? Like, just like my body even though we all have to eat the same food, like not the same, we have to eat food, we have to sleep, we have to water, you know, right. all of us as humans, right there. But there's this element of like my body metabolizes things differently. It has different relationship with exercise like than yours. So I have to adapt these kind of principles of the human experience into my own personal life and how mm-hmm. it works with who I am. And And I feel the same way about finances, you know, in the sense of like, I have a son, you know, I don't have a partner. You have an ex-husband. Kenneth has a partner. You know, we're no we're, kids. Yeah, like, no kids, right? Yeah. Like, and you're into gaming. You're into fitness. I love to travel. Like the, you know, so like the relationship. We're all managing money, but the way we do that and what we prioritize has to be unique and adapted to us and to our personal and unique narrative. Facts. And so that comparison thing, I can't even tell you how much it riles me because <laughs> like who am, who are you to tell me I'm doing it slow? <laughs> you know, like, right. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I could go on forever. I'm curious, <laughs> Allie, of as you like now that you you know are a full fledged adult, you've paid off all this debt. Like, how have you seen? I, it's not, you've given us a lot to work with here, but like, how has your approach to money now um, changed since you became a, a financial coach? Like, has have you has that relationship changed, or do you feel like you always kind of knew from the point of time you started that business, you knew what you were doing? So I think now, so before I was very rigid about like tracking things and I think now I have everything automated so well. So like I save X amount for savings, you know, I want to buy a house. Um, I just actually went back into debt. I like made an announcement. Um, I have always wanted a forerunner and I put 50% down. Basically I traded my car in for something that was like super, like it was way more than what I ever would have expected my car to trade in for. Um, and I have two dogs and I eventually will being able to be a travel nurse. Like I wanted a more reliable car and more adventure car. Mm. And so my goals changed. Yeah. And so, um, I now automate everything. Um, so, you know, I have, you know, my, all my retirement accounts set up, you know, X is going into there. I max out all the things that I, I need to max out. Um, Ooh. so I think everything, all of that is all working in the background. And I think everything else for me is just like, what do I want to spend on? What brings me value? I think one of the best things I ever did was I read Jim Quick's Limitless and he tells you to go over your core values. And I also teach that too in my program is spending in alignment with your values, but you have to first sit down and see what your core values are. Um, And so I kind of reevaluated where I was spending my money. Um, based off of my core values too. So um, I think as I went from being very rigid and strict, once my debt was was mostly paid off, I was able to be like, what do I actually want to do with this money that I'm making now? And now going into travel nursing, 
what do I actually want to do now that I'm going to be making more money? Um, and that also happened with my business as well. At, when I started to make more money with my business, I was like, what do I actually want to do with this money? Um, mm. So now that I obviously don't have student loan debt and the only debt that I have is my car and I don't have a, you know, I don't have a mortgage or anything. Um, one of the goals is I want to buy um, a house that I would eventually turn into a rental property for travel nurses. And so, um, so I, that's my big goal. Um, at being a travel nurse, like I want to save for a down payment so I don't have to pay PMI and all that. Um, so I think just being more, um, strategic with my money is something that's changed. Um, and not being like so nitpicky about the little things. Um, Mm -hmm. because I have everything else like so automated and so, um, kind of like structured that like everything else I can be like, uh, like I can be a little bit more flexible with like spending (laughs) a little bit more money. And like, now I use a credit card and I have a million airline miles now because I strategically use a credit card. And so all of that, best thing ever. (laughs) So I think that's kind of what's changed. And I think it's kind of where I'm like, kind of uh, get nervous talking about that because like it, everyone's different. So like at every, everyone has a different point where they're going to feel more comfortable being able to do that. Um, but I think you do need to start where you're tracking everything because if you don't know where your money is going, then you're not really going to know like, how do I actually automate this? Or like, how do I actually create a budget? Because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to create a budget and I'm going to stick to it. But like, if you don't know where your money is going, how can you create a budget that's sustainable for you? That's why all these people that teach you how to do budgets are like, you know, like have a budget, um, template or whatever without having right. someone actually go and evaluate what they're spending or saying like, you should spend 50% on this and 30% on this. Like that doesn't work for everyone. Like you have to figure out like, mm-hmm. hi, I live in this city and I'm going to spend probably a little bit more money on my rent because that's all that's available to me. So I'm going to have to spend a little bit less somewhere else, or I have this much student loan debt. And like, these are my payments and I have to cut back in this So I think just actually being real with yourself and sitting down, like that's kind of what you have to start doing. But from there, if you have that awareness, you can take that and kind of be more flexible as you pay down your debt and have more savings and and create more goals for yourself. So that's kind of how my my money has changed. You know, from a behavioral science perspective, I come from a behavioral science background. I, what you did was you created in, in the neuropsychology of it, by being strict at first and and getting to know your spending and and kind of figuring out your philosophy, you solidified new neural pathways for habits. Like you yeah. specifically mm. have like that. I'm not going to Chick Fil A anymore. Chick Fil A was a habit, right? Then you had this trigger when you got in the car to go to work. You triggered into it. your brain. Literally told you, okay, now you have to go Chick Fil A for right. Like you reprogrammed your brain. Now those healthy financial habits are a part of who you are. Like your genetics and your habits the automation, the kind of mm-hmm. philosophy, the way you you think about it. So now the, it's the fun part. Now it's strategy and yeah. building wealth and changing goals and building. It's not the like foundation. You have the foundation of behaviors mm-hmm. and habits. And now it's like, oh, the fun stuff, right? <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of people in personal finance miss is it's not about hey, here's a budget. Here's this. Here's that. You have to create first. You have to fix your mindset because if you can't fix your mindset and you don't know your stories, then you're kind of lost forever because you're going to keep repeating the same patterns. But two, you have to create the habits. And I think any new thing that you need to do, just like you said, I didn't know that that's what I was doing. And I didn't know that's what I was teaching, but I knew that (laughs) I needed to create good habits and people needed to create good habits in order for them to be successful. And I think 
that's why I got so popular so fast, especially in the nursing community, because I was teaching something so different that other people maybe yeah. weren't teaching. Um, because that's and that's why I think I've had such great results with my clients as well. Mm. So I, great. I, I gotta say, I have a question now. I've I've been listening to you this whole time, and clearly you have this focus on nursing. You know, it's it's something you've been through. Your mom went through. You know, you want to help nurses. You're stepping into the travel nursing field, which I've heard fantastic stories about, but I've also heard horror stories about. So, you know, a lot of this clearly inspires you to do what you do. But for all the work that you put in, is there anything about all of this that is kind of draining to you? Something that kind of wears you out about just doing so much in so many places for so many people? <laughs> yes, and it's why I took a big break last year. I usually run three or four programs a year, and last year I ran two Ooh. because in the middle, the middle of the year... So I basically ran from everything I was dealing with, with my divorce and everything for the first probably six or seven months. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't even want to post on social media anymore. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to do any of this anymore. Um, And so I think I had a very big wall last year. Um, I had grown by like 40,000 or 30 something thousand on TikTok. I was making TikToks almost every day. Um, and then my Instagram grew really, really big. Um, and so I think I was just doing a lot. And it's one of the reasons why I kind of want to move into travel nursing and then do more stuff like this. So like I may take on less clients, but like I love doing podcasts. I want to do in-person speaking. Um, I want to do more free things for people. Um, and the more money that I make doing other things, the more that I can help other people for free, which is kind of cool. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think last year I kind of ran away from a lot of the things I was dealing with. I like started weekly therapy at that time. Um, I started doing more things with my friends. Um, I stepped back from social media. Um, I still have not really gotten back on TikTok just because it's like it's a lot of brain power to do all that. Um, it's so much. Mm-hmm. It's it so is. much. <laughs> And I am one of those people who likes to do everything by myself. So I have not found like a VA or something to like do all the stuff that I probably need to do. Um, (laughs) But to answer your question, um, taking on other people's money crap and like, so Mm -hmm. doing one-on-one clients, having 20 people in a program, it's one of the reasons why I also like, I was like, I have so much of my own stuff. I cannot deal with everyone else's stuff. And it's kind of what I told my therapist too, because she has a lot of clients as well. And I said, I can't imagine having that many people like I'm just dealing with their money stuff because so much of money um, Mm -hmm. I'm learning is related to trauma that people need to deal with elsewhere. And I don't deal with that. Absolutely. Just just the stories and the mindset and stuff like that. But a lot of people don't realize that's actually trauma. Um, And also um, there's, you can probably speak on this, Erin. A lot of people with ADHD, D struggle with overspending too, um, mm-hmm. or even like OCD, like actual. And then I didn't know this, but people who have bipolar um, disorder also have a lot of impulse spending. And so I was attracting a lot of clients oh, wow. and people who had issues that I could not deal with. Um, right. And so yeah. <laughs> that was very stressful for me because I'm like, I, ca- I can't, I can't deal with like, this is not, I'm not trained to do this. Mm-hmm. This is not, mm-hmm. 
I can talk about impulse spending all day, but if you don't deal with your other things that are causing you to do that, it's not just a simple like change your mindset. And so I think um, one of the things I really want to do in the next year when I have time is take like a money trauma certification um, so that I can speak about it, but um, speak about it from like a better perspective. Um, Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that is such important where I can't tell you, you know, we do a little bit of financial coaching just for people who come to us through the app. And I feel the same way. Like, I I feel like I always get to three, four, five sessions and I'm like, yeah, now we've sorted out, you know, the the triggers and the mindset and stuff. And now it's like, okay, now this is the, the good, like deep psychology. Let's so. I always feel like I do need to refer them out to someone who's hyper trained in you know that world because it's so true. Like, yeah, it's so true that, that like you can kind of clean up the overall. I think one of the things that's so beautiful about your work is that just giving people that narrative that there is money trauma and there are narratives around money that you can identify and what's your mindset like that is so important because that's such new. It's a new idea that's out in the world, right? Mm. And and giving people a narrative like, oh wait, that's true. There is. I do have maybe a trigger. It's so important, mm. but it's Agreed. deep. Yeah. Okay. So we have one more question. You kind of mentioned this, but what is your next big money move? Do you have anything other? I mean, it sounds like the the house for your traveling nurses house is a big one. Yeah. So that's my one big big money goal. Um, last year, by the end of the year, I wanted to hit hundred K net worth, which I did. That was huge for me. Um, good job. So yeah, I think, um, probably just, uh, taking that, that money certification course. I know it's not like really anything to do or money trauma certification. Um, I know it's not really anything to do awesome. with like money, money, but, um, yeah, just like, no, that's and, major, and probably revamping the way that I, um, I guess, educate too. So I'm kind of figuring out what I want my business to look like as well and how I want to help people. Cause as much as sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this or like what, how much am I impacting? Like things like this really, really make a difference and like make me realize that I am impacting people. Um, Absolutely. And I also got asked to be on a different podcast that I screamed when it, when she sent me the email um, (laughs) because I was very shocked. Um, So just things like that, just continue to remind me that um, I need to keep doing this. And you know, there's a reason why. I have gone through all I've gone through. So you're doing good. Like you, you really are. And you know, the fact that you have such a focus on a, a a specific section of workers that, I mean, I, I know nurses, one of my cousins, a nurse and things like that. I've had aunts that have worked at Duke and things like that. So, you know, I've, I've seen how they can be very easily overlooked, how no one's giving them financial information. No one's helping them deal with, you know, the debt that they had from school and all of this, you know. So the fact that you're focusing so much on them, like that's that's good work. And you should definitely take pride in that and understand that you are being impactful. You are helping lives. And, you know, as long as you're able to, as long as it doesn't interfere with with you and your mental health, like, please continue doing what you're doing. Like people, people need that. Yes. Thank it's you. True. Yeah, it's so true. I know it's hard on social because sometimes you don't get that feedback loop as easily, right. but you do have an impact. Your, your message is out there. Okay. Some quick takes. You ready? Last part of our segment. Yay. Okay. So these are, would you rathers? We'll go back and forth on it. Girl. Would you rather 
cook in or eat out? Mm, cook in. Okay. Thank you. Like, <laughs> Me too. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know, man. Some I don't think sometimes people can't cook as well as I can. I don't I don't know. Whatever. It's just me. <laughs> if I'm um, traveling though, I love to like go out to eat though, because I like to experience yes. new places. But if I'm home, right. Yeah. Um, okay, so West Coast or East Coast? Mm-hmm. You've been on both. Right. Probably West Coast. I like the beaches yes. better. It's yeah. Mm. You're spoiled. You're from California. But I'll, pro- but but I'll probably too. still be living here for quite a while. So, you know, <laughs> whatever. Well, you should tra- travel. You get to travel and see. Right. Us. Travel nursing. There you go. You'll see <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix. I'm with you. Just I should so have said Hulu, more. but yes. Yeah. yeah, right. That's the better comparison. Wait, that's better. Sorry. Yeah. Netflix okay. or Hulu? Probably Hulu because I have Hulu plus the TV because now I can watch sports, which is nice. Oh, Amazing. Man. See, that was a good answer. Good answer. See, I, uh, I can't pay for the, I can like, I have Hulu. Yeah. I have Hulu with yeah. the HBO max, but I, the live TV, I feel, it's, it's expensive. Like extra dollars. And like, 70 a month. Yeah. Mm. Is that, do you not have advertising then? Cause I tried Hulu on a, no, trial. it's more money to have no advertising. I just pay for the cheaper, <sighs> like, but I get all the, I get all the channels to watch all the games and stuff. So it's kind of nice. All the games. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Okay, should we do the big one, Kenneth? Let me, let, I got it. it, I got it. You okay. got it, okay, all, all right. yours. <clears throat> Would you rather have $1 million or have $50 million, but a mime permanently follows you everywhere you go? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like mimes are kind of creepy. I'd go Very, with the $1 million. Like, yes. Hensley. Thank you. That was my initial answer too. It's like, give me the million, I'll make more. Why do I have to have yeah. some creepy person like follow me around? Yeah. Mm. I'll just invest Excellent. the one million and I'll be good. Exactly. Okay. Well, Thank yeah. you. If I woke up in the morning and there was a mime making a box That's over so me, I would no. No, thank you. creepy amazing well Allie it's been such a pleasure talking to you thank you so much for telling us your money story can you tell our wonderful audience where they can find you so I'm at the underscore debt free nurse on Instagram and TikTok I'm not as um, active on TikTok anymore but I'm pretty active on Instagram amazing and if you are going to launch your program that will probably be coming out in the next couple months Probably. And then I always have, so I have a self-paced money course that's called three phases of financial freedom. That's always available. Um, and then I also have a money mindset course as well that goes over literally every journal prompt you can think of, um, for everything we talked about today. So I have both of those courses that are available all the time. Yeah. On your website. Uh Uh-huh. I love it. Perfect. Excellent. Find her. Thank you so much, Allie. We can't wait to have you back to tell us about how travel nursing and purchasing houses went. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Nabbit podcast, where we share money stories. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like and subscribe and share this episode with your friends. See you on the next episode.